Hello, everyone. Welcome to Whole Cluster Conversation. In the wine world, I feel like there are a lot of weird tricks that people swear by. And so we had someone write in on Instagram and ask about one of those. And Ashley and I talked about a couple others. So this is a Q&A episode about weird wine tricks. I'm Haley. This is Ashley. We are Whole Cluster Conversation. First off, the question we had on Instagram was from Oregon Hiker Chick. And she says, so I'm scrolling through Instagram and this ad pops up. Uh, and aside, it's an ad. She shared a picture. It's an ad for Pure Wine Wand, which is a filter stick that claims it will remove sulfites and histamines. And in doing so, uh, you don't get a wine headache the day after. And her question is, does this product even work? So <laughs> I have no clue. This is all you, Haley. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say at least the wine wand, pure wine wand marketing is correct in saying it uh sulfites and histamines are what are what are giving you the headache. I am not a chemist, as I've told our listeners before, my lab credit in college was field paleontology of Oregon. So (laughs) (laughs) a lot of my uh, chemistry and biology and other science knowledge has come from an interest in it, not a professional like learning background. With that said, I don't, um, I don't think from what I've been told by other chemistry nerds and professionals, I don't think it's possible with something like a filter stick to remove sulfites. I don't know about histamines. Um, Sulfites, though, I don't think are something you can remove by swishing something through your wine. Is it working as like a filter or is it working like as a ionic bonder? So is it like actually trying to do something to bond the items to it or is it does that make sense? Or right. is it like you just that would make more sense because through. <laughs> right. I think it makes more sense like you're saying, like it attracts something and makes it stick because uh I think you're supposed to swish the wand through your wine, not pour it through a filter. And again, I don't know if it will get those sulfites and histamines to stick to it. But I do know that if you take an antihistamine, if you always get kind of stuffy after drinking red wine or you get headaches the next day, if you take an antihistamine, it can help with that. And the histamine reaction is actually coming uh, from the tannin in the wine and a couple other of the more complex, uh, long-chain chemical uh, compounds. Um, again, there's going to be a lot of like ums and I thinks in this because again, this is not my area of specialty and there are people that devote their entire careers to understanding it better. <laughs> I have a friend that I want to ask this question to as well. He's a physicist and I feel like he might have, like he might not fully, but he would have a better grasp on some yes. of this too. Um which I know you're like, it's not a chemist, but he does a lot of stuff with like yeah. attracting bonds. It's kind of, you know, physics yeah. and chemistry. Um, 
So that would be a good way to do it. And the other thing I was thinking about with your like antihistamines is, you know, obviously drinking water. People will like have electrolytes afterwards. Um, But I was going to say like, it makes a lot of sense with those extra tannins that certain like big, bold red wines are the ones that that's why people are getting those headaches when they drink those particular ones. And uh, that's a fun t- trick, though. Like, yeah. take a, maybe not a Benadryl because it'll put you to sleep, but yeah, <laughs> at least me. But An you know, mm-hmm. a uh, a non drowsy antihistamine yes. would be good. Okay. The biggest thing too that I have heard that from people that use this pro- or have used this product is that it does work. So I don't know what it is about the product. Is it just mm-hmm. that you're paying more attention? Does it actually remove certain compounds that are causing some of these uh, reactions that cause you to have a headache the day after? I don't know. I don't know exactly if they work the way that they say they work or how it works, but um, people do claim that they the wands are effective. Okay. I'm wondering if somebody's done a blind test with this to, to, to right. test it out. Like... Yeah. You give Anyhow. everyone the same wine, like 50 people the same wine, and half of them get a stick and half of them don't. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, exactly. Okay. <laughs> so, next question. <laughs> Sorry. No. Uh, Oregon hiker chick. I hope that was somewhat of an answer. Um, <laughs> I guess we. Sorry for my cop out answer. <laughs> uh, I don't future, know. <laughs> yeah. Future. Maybe we can talk about. Yeah. I think that would be a fun tannins and whatever and we could bring that into that conversation in the future of definitely some of those tricks because I that is a very common thing with people um we can talk more about sulfites and histamines and other things yeah it's since this is our condensed episode it's hard to get into that yeah getting flushed with drinking wine and that kind of stuff um, okay, another thing that I've talked about with a few friends and listeners is about opening a bottle of wine that is a little stinky and then throwing a penny, is it? Is that really a thing? What is this penny thing? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's really a thing. So one of the, um, if you have a stinky wine in the cellar, I know a long time ago we talked about using um, like fining agents and other mm-hmm. um, additives, wine additives that you can use to to alter a wine, fix a wine, you know, choose the word that you want there. And if you have a wine that has a lot of sul- uh, like sulfur stink to it, so mm-hmm. it, it kind of smells a little bit like rotten eggs, sometimes you add a, a um, sorry, a copper compound and the copper binds with the sulfur and then settles out. So, Honestly, if it smelled like that, I probably would just not drink it. <laughs> well, and sometimes it's very slight. Like it, it doesn't have to be overwhelming. And sometimes just letting the air get to it, like you decant it, um, yeah. which I think is something we'll, we'll end the episode on, um, can help too. Okay. So yes, the copper penny works or the penny works, but, and I, I know, but is not a good word. And <laughs> you need to use a penny that comes from before 1982 because after 1982 or 1982 and beyond, there's no copper in pennies anymore. So uh, if you're like, oh, it really works. I do it all the time. And you're using pennies from your wallet. Maybe it's just that you're letting it sit and long enough for that um, stink to kind of blow off. 
Yeah. Could you just, if you randomly had a little stick of copper, you could also put that yeah. in. Yeah. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, the next thing I wanted to ask you about briefly, we had a really great discussion about biodynamic farming and the cycles of the moon. So I was talking with some, uh, with a friend that's a really great gardener. Mm-hmm. So plant person, not necessarily a professional uh, horticulturist or anything like that, but a great gardener. And we were talking about how the moon cycle, there might actually be a scientific reason for picking or pruning or working with plants based on the moon cycle because plants do have that like change and hormones Mm and um, also just their physiology. Do you think that that is true? (laughs) I mean, I will be... Go back and listen to the green wine episode mm-hmm. and you will learn that <laughs> if you haven't already. I really don't know that much about, you know, biodynamics and moon cycles. And my mind was very blown in that whole episode. <laughs> um, but what I can say to answer that question is plants are very reactive to their environments. Um, they will have different changes in hormones. That's why plants flower at certain times of year. Plants grow at certain times of year. Um, Chlorophyll changes in leaves in the fall. And like, you know, you have different expressions of of chemicals in your leaves that, um, and then the plant, you know, drops those leaves. So plants are are responsing, are, are responsive to changes in the moon and the sun and the longevity of daylight. Um, That's like one of the big things. It's like temperature too, but also like those keys of how much light is out there in the nighttime and the daytime. So, um, and just to throw it in there, because we're on it, I was thinking about with moons too, like insects are really responsive to like the, because especially at nighttime and being mm. able to like kind of go towards different lights. That's why like having a lot of lights on at night can sometimes be bad for insects um, and stuff and, and birds and whatever. But they also, they're just responding to those moon cycles. And so that... um can impact like yeah when they're coming out which then in turn impacts the plants because of how Mm -hmm. they're like interacting either feeding on or pollinating plants yeah um i think there is something to it yeah (laughs) yeah it makes sense i yeah i think it's an interesting concept am i as i i think there's some science behind it uh am i as like biodynamic moon cycles understanding all of that no I don't, I don't know, (laughs) but I think it's a good way, especially in the past before we did a lot of like, like scientific inquiry. I think that all of that, there is a basis in. Yes. Like cultural understanding. Um, Okay. So my question, the last question I think of the day, uh, we kind of talked a little bit about it earlier, but, um, what is the deal with decanters and aerators? Do they work and are they worth it? The short answer is yes, they work. 
<laughs> the longer answer is maybe we should do uh, oh, an episode about this. Yeah. <laughs> but the um, condensed answer for the Q&A, this Q&A episode is they work. Decanters only work if you use them ahead of time. So mm-hmm. if you put wine in a decanter, just physically pouring wine into a canter and letting it splash around is going to help it open up. Yeah. But unless you're actually putting it in a decanter, splashing it around, and then letting it sit for a couple hours sometimes, mm-hmm. you're not going to have a huge change in the wine. Or you, you'll have a shift in the wine, but you're not going to get the full effects unless you do it ahead of time and you, you know, like I said, let it sit for a couple hours in some cases. And that's because it's it's allowing for more surface area for oxygen exchange mm-hmm. in the wine. Right. Which is then what an aerator more quickly does, if I'm Correct. understanding correctly. That's Yes, that's um, what an aerator does. So an aerator, you pour the wine into like a little funnel and there's some holes and there's air that basically gets um, sloshes the wine around as you're pouring it through the funnel. And I would say if you are like me and you're not going to set a timer to open a wine and so you're like, oh, that wine that we're having with our dinner tonight really would have benefited from being open for two hours, but I forgot to open it. That's a great instance to use it, an aerator. And uh, somebody gifted us a really nice aerator set and it has a white aerator and a red aerator and a stand and other things. The thing that I will say is I think it's really good to rinse your aerator. Otherwise, you Mm -hmm. might get stuff growing in it. Yes. Um, I think I haven't really used our white aerator. Um, I'm sure there's great instances to use it. I haven't found and it necessary. Yeah. And then um, the stands are really nice as well. But again, don't let standing water or wine get in there. Make sure that you're like letting it dry out. Otherwise, you'll get icky crud in there. Yeah. So they work. Use them as tools, not as like a fix-all. I think we should have a longer episode about it, especially with learning about a white aerator because I was just thinking like, it's really just red wine that you do it. So let's, yeah, we'll have a whole, let's put that on the docket. Um, So if you all have questions, more questions about that one, um, please let us know and we will put those into that episode. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Anything else, Haley? I think those are, we just wanted to make this short and sweet. Yeah, I, I feel really good about it. Send us your questions. We're always happy to do these Q&A sessions. Yeah. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Whole Cluster Conversation. Thanks for all the great questions. Please write us in um, to let us know what you want to learn more about, um, as well as those questions. Um, And we would love to talk about that on our next podcast. So with that, ciao. Bye. Thanks again for joining us for another episode of Whole Cluster Conversation. Music provided by Michael Johnson of Grand Falconer. Audio production provided by our friend Ukiah Bogle. Make sure to subscribe to our podcast wherever you like to listen. Ciao.